I, I feel like, uh, given that Joe has uh, purposefully avoided meeting me. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I know what they say, like, third time is a conspiracy, and I think this is the fourth. Um, I don't think he's doing it on purpose. It's okay. At least there'd be absolutely no reason other than he's, like, somehow racist against Pangelina siblings. We're like two ships passing in the night. Yeah. It's weird how that keeps happening. They say one is uh, happenstance, two is coincidence, and, and three is enemy action. Oh, okay. That's but, from Goldfinger. But I don't know if this is enemy action, per se. <laughs> it's from Goldfinger the book. Uh, I did a book report on that. check my notes i wonder if there was any sort of like proper start i had in mind for this uh big butts oh no um i think i remember though it kind of kind of goes to hell without joe i was gonna try and like bust out my uh super friends voice to talk about like the like coming together of our full team now that Joe and uh, Daniel are here in the same episode, but since that's not happening, fuck it. Well, I'll take this time and just work on the voice. And for the record, Daniel's not part of our team, so we don't have to pay him. He he's well in in our weird pseudo my hero super team he is remember we established his quirk and his name which was I... mr thick <laughs> forgot about that i don't remember that how could you not with a name like that <laughs> mr thick that sounds like a real character on the show what is his quirk um, I can't remember something about like increasing him, increasing his size or mass or something. It was shit. like muscle mass. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. As I remember, I was gonna uh, suggest he call himself the Mass, and right before the words left my mouth, he said Mister Thick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't beat yeah. that. <laughs> that's pretty good. I was telling him. Last night, that his quirk should be that he shits himself to death. But it's like a mass—it's a massive amount of shit, kind of like how a hot and cold boy makes that big ice thing. The big ice wall. Yeah, but he does it with shit, and he can only do it once, and then he dies. That's the worst quirk ever. (laughs) I, uh, I I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about on on this podcast, but I have. A couple friends 
I have a friend group we've talked about quirks with, and there's a very similar, uh, in that it's bodily fluid related quirk that another one of my friends has. Oh, uh, we're we're a, we're a soft R here, so I think we're G-rated here. So no, we're not. <laughs> Old Taku's a soft R. It's good to know. It was semen. Yeah, what yeah. about it? Uh, his quirk is like the Green Lantern ring, but with semen. <laughs> so wait, so wait, oh, is it uh, is, is it also weak to the color yellow? <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Or brown. Uh, it's hard to say. Or is it? Red. We did just. <laughs> Maybe it's more effective against women. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did come up with a hard counter for him because we joked that our other friend had a uh, semen absorption that mm. empowered him. Whoa. I would but, think uh, it would be weak against lesbians. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but uh, we watched five episodes. Yep, we had to finish up the season. Yep, and now we get to wait. Well, they they were at least good enough to establish that, like, yeah, season three is coming the moment yeah. season two ends. It's like, just just chill. I mean, We know you is, want more. This thing is super popular. I would imagine that until it comes to, like, a very profound conclusion, they're just going to keep making more. And even oh, yeah. then, they'll probably keep making more. Well, I mean, they've already got a spinoff going. Yeah. In the manga, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Illegals. Yeah, that's uh, about, like, people with unregistered quirks, right? It's about... I think they have registered quirks. They're they're not registered heroes. Oh, they're okay. They're mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard really good things about it. And mm-hmm. some stuff... Uh, from that manga is starting to come into play in oh, the okay. current manga. Interesting. I I would jump into that, but I'd worry that it would spoil some shit like this shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't say for certain. I know that the stuff that comes into play from the spinoff isn't like you have to read the spinoff to understand. Yeah. It's yeah. just you see a, a part of the world that you usually see in the spinoff. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I also kind of want to read this manga, but I, I kind of don't want to. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because uh, the anime is so good that like waiting for it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. the anime is so fucking good and like colorful and bright and like and the voice acting is so good. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could step back and like read a black and white interpretation of this, even though it's the other way around. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, can see what you mean. It's, but I uh, want to know what the fuck happens. Like, waiting for the anime is worth not just jumping ahead in the manga. Yeah, uh, but, but also, um, reading the manga is worth it, too, because knowing what's coming up and, and, being excited to see it animated is like equally yeah. exciting. Yeah. You can you can easily do that. I think uh, for me, what it comes down to is what I was doing, whatever I was doing first. So, if had I encountered the manga for this before the anime came out and started reading it, then I'd probably be in that wheelhouse. But since I found the uh, the anime first, I kind of just want to stick with it. Yeah. How far ahead is the the manga? Like, 
So I'm worried like a Game of Thrones situation will happen. Like I, I don't watch that show, but I know that it like passed where the books were, and so now they're just like making weird shit up off the top of their heads. I don't think they've gone that. Well, Daniel, you can confirm it for us. I think you've been reading the manga, right? Yeah, um, I don't think that the show is going to ever get ahead of the manga because it's a weekly shonen jump. So a new chapter comes out every week, huh. and he paces himself really well. So everything's kind of quick. Um, and I think they're also quite a ways ahead, right? Yeah, there's probably about a. They're probably the manga's probably like a hundred chapters ahead still. Mm-hmm. As with, and every episode's roughly two chapters, and the manga goes through the hiatuses. Huh. Mm-hmm. How so, do you? So does it stick pretty close? The show um, sticks almost exactly close, and actually adds um, a fair bit to the benefit of the show. Like, there's a lot of stuff uh, in the show now that has been expanded on. The uh, All Might versus Nomu, that first fight uh, is a lot more uh, fluffed uh, in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. visuals, which is really nice. Same thing with the uh, Todoroki versus Deku fight. Mm -hmm. Um, That that got a major visual increase. I Mm -hmm. imagine. You'd want Um, to. There's also a lot of fights in the show um, during the tournament arc specifically that we get a full scene of rather than a one panel in the yeah in the manga it was like one panel but like the story beats they really deviate from no it hasn't that's crazy that someone could write some shit like this and it's like all amazing like once a week mm-hmm yeah well there's an, an art form has been kind of developed to it I think uh it's similar to what Mark Millar does, where we, he'll write his comics so they transition to a film easily. Yeah. Um, not even to, they transition to, better. Not even, but I think in this case, it's not even so much that everyone's making their mangas with uh, a anime adaption in mind, as much as that process that that aspect is just now kind of part of the process by default. Mm -hmm. Like how things play out in the manga probably factors into how you're putting the, I mean, how things play out on TV probably factors into how you're putting your, your book together, even if you're not thinking about it being adapted. Just, you know, due to how long this art form has existed. The, The process is kind of streamlined is what I'm implying. Yeah. What was the first anime? Uh, I think it was Astro Boy. There may have been something before that, but Astro Boy is probably a really good, probably good pick. Like either that or Gigantor. Hmm. There's some ancient stuff, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. So what was the first episode that we watched here? Uh, first one is, I guess, everyone dealing with the uh, written part of their uh, final exam. Uh, also, the beginning of um, pre- Creation Girl getting her confidence back. Yeah, we uh, saw the She spent a couple of episodes just hurt after that tournament arc. That was the... That was... 35. Didn't we watch 34? Well, I said this is the beginning of it. 
she oh, kind of starts okay. by um, helping the other students, specifically the ones flunking out, study for the written test. Yeah. Like, it shows that she's in her dour state and then lights up every time somebody asks her for help. Yeah, that was an enjoyable episode. I like that we got to see a, a nice side of Mr. Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I really enjoy about the show is the, this, so the, the solutions that everyone finds to their problems. That's why I'm kind of shocked that, it hap- that this guy writes it every week. Like, the solutions that they come up with, like... You know, one person using their powers or two people using them to solve a problem are always, they feel, it almost feels like more in-depth and more creative than than Western stuff. Like, when I think of, like, Western comic books, I think of, all right, they made a new weird villain, and then he, you know, it's kind of the same shit over and over again, but I, and people kind of... I don't know. When I look at Spider-Man over the years, it's like, oh, sometimes he has a car. Sometimes, I guess he's a bad example because he's had some interesting stuff happen to him. Well, yeah, he's got like the sciency element to it. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think I see what like you mean. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's like everything. Every time anyone uses their power or or works together with their powers, it feels like actual humans thinking about how they would actually use those abilities like when uh in the stain fight when Ida's leg overheats and he has Todoroki freeze it so that he can do another kick yeah yeah whereas I feel like in western stuff it's more like it's just like more direct let's fight and then oh no I got hurt so I need someone to help me or or like I got a retreat or like there's not really like creative problem solving yeah, and there's like, not like the way people use their powers and shit yeah and it doesn't feel like there's that same level of in the moment thinking yeah yeah um, this is a just kind of a byproduct of uh, shonen like I want to say you'll see stuff like this in American <laughs> in American properties maybe more skewed towards like the younger end of things are in smaller moments um, kind of like the sell of a lot of a uh, shonen manga, specifically fight and sports related stuff, is creative use of one's abilities. The uh, power slash skill matchup. It's kind of like uh, comparing stats in sports, except like multiplied by nerdy fascination. So, you know, just directly, okay, this guy does this better than the other guy is not going to cut it after so many decades of manga about, let's say, basketball. This guy being able to dribble better is not going to, you know, hold the interest. But if you go into detail, like, okay, he specifically has a behind-the-back move, and while the ball's back there, a guy literally can't touch it without fouling the dude. And, you know, you can... The creativity is kind of a necessity, but even that can uh, get a bit tropey at times, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it's he manages kind of a bit to much. avoid it here. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. I think part of tournament arcs, especially the whole one-on-one matchup, mm-hmm. uh, 
of, of characters you've come to know and appreciate. Yeah. I think that satisfies an internal need that humans seem to have. I mean, like, even going back to being a little kid, like, everyone wants to know whose dad would win in a fight. And I think that there's something about people, seeing people with skill who are usually friendly, but wondering how they would duke it out Mm -hmm. is something that's really satisfying to see to to people. Yeah. I guess they go into the smaller details in anime a lot more. Like, they kind of Whereas you could, it's it's weird. I feel like they do it in Western comics sometimes, but it's like, it's like a really long thought bubble. Yeah. Where someone yeah. would just be like, "I better do this," and like, "Oh no, this happened," and "Oh no, that happened." The, and here it's just like it's kind of similar. It's kind of the same, I guess. In well, what I want to say is in uh, I guess the reason why a lot of people like uh, anime and manga is because in a lot of situations the focus is the point of fascination which is to say if you're if you're reading a comic like a western comic about a martial artist it'll be about the martial artist their life what they do the story with maybe some emphasis on the martial art they actually do whereas usually in manga and anime the focus is on the martial arts themselves and the main character is a vehicle to explore that yeah, and in so, a lot of cases, it's, it's development is... Why, I think it's the reason why anime fans are known as otaku or obsessive maniacs, which I think is the proper name for that term. Mm-hmm. It's for people who obsess over things. Yeah, and, and even in that style of storytelling, when the, the character does change or learn, it's usually as a direct result of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they learned something about it or found some way to improve. Yeah, improve either can, their their abilities or improve themselves through said abilities. Yeah, like learning to be uh, more, uh, like learning to be more fluid thanks mm-hmm. to a style of martial art or like, like to be water. open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so episode thirty-four. Did that actually? Did we see any of the? Uh, the, the fights or did they no end? 34 was just about the test i think the most poignant thing we got is everyone's uh class ranking academically speaking oh uh, yeah. yeah and I, then Mineta's like a smart kid he, he, yeah. he's he's ninth out of 20 yeah he's like way smarter than he seems dude i okay like seeing that in the manga is cool but I, i'm glad that i am a part of like the fan base of the show now like mm-hmm. i'm glad i get to see it airing because the reaction to Mineta, like, not only being, like, a despicable pervert, but also being, like, actually really smart, has got a lot of people on the internet really angry. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's some people being like, why can't, like, he needs a fault. What, what do you mean he needs a fault? He, he, he fault. has a lot of faults. Yeah. I think what's funny is the dub actually adds one and he has, like, a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, he does have a lisp in the dub. Yeah, I'm kind of. Ex- I want. I kind of want to go back through and watch it in the dub, is because I have it on my computer. Dub. It's it's hard because their voices are just so good in the in the Japanese yeah. version. Like they're all super. Like I feel like we got a lot of Froppy's voice. Like she talked a lot more during her exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, it was cool because she was really like level headed and. And unflappable. Yeah, that's her. That's, that's I guess her biggest strength is that she's 
she's cool under pressure. She's got her shit together more than yeah. just about anyone in that class. Yeah, well, they said that she didn't really have any weakness, so they paired her with someone who had a big weakness. Big glaring, Which yeah. I thought was cool. But her voice, like, she was talking a lot more, and, and it wasn't, like, jokes. She was, like, talking about what she was doing and stuff, which I feel like we haven't really seen her do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I was really impressed with the voice actor, uh, able to, like, kind of take it more from, like, jokey one-lines to, like, full dialogue and keeping that weird, I don't know, whatever she's doing with her voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and that's another thing, is that this this arc, these past couple arcs, <coughs> we've, we've seen a lot more of minor characters who are getting their own spotlight mm-hmm. moments, and uh, the next couple arcs, I think we'll get a lot more of that, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of nice, because at the beginning, you kind of think, oh, they're just weird filler background characters, but then... We actually got to see what's the guy's name with the weird face, and he talks to the ants. Oh, oh are you, his name is you talking about uh, I am Groot's cousin? Uh, <laughs> hold on, I think I got his name in my notes. I am too. <laughs> uh, yeah, his name is Koji Koda. Yeah, He's Koda. Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah, and it's. I was really curious as to how they do their voice because that is like the first time we see him talking that. I love his voice. <laughs> Yeah. I think I love that character in general. He's a uh, very moe. Yeah. I've been like ever since like his power got revealed in the manga, I've been really curious like if he could just command animal court people. Like could he just tell uh Ooh, yeah, could he fuck with guy? bird guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, or the principal. Yeah, that's another thing. Ooh, yeah. Thinking. I wonder if that's why he doesn't speak very much is cuz his power is just like he could accidentally tell someone to, like, fuck off, and they would just, like, leave. Hmm. Mm. But there's not that many... Like, Purple Man. Who's Purple Man? Oh, yeah, the Purple Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Purple Man just has to avoid questions. No, no, I'm talking about the Marvel oh, comics character. Oh, the character. actual Purple Man. Okay. Uh, yeah. He does... Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe Coda speaking can, uh can accidentally affect animal court people and that's why he doesn't speak very much. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, you really you were really on something with the principal who is actually an animal. Yeah. I wonder if the purple man's power is like like if somebody doesn't know what he's talking about, do they just kind of have to is it I guess it must work only to like the uh I would assume cuz the cause, comprehension of the person. Yeah, Marvel's purple man. I'm assuming you're talking about yeah. actual um, well, what I was think his power? It was, it was explained that he's like secreting some sort of chemical, yeah, which he, uh, then makes people like uh, stupidly open to his suggestion. Yeah, because I haven't actually seen the show that he's in, but I'm kind of like I've seen some stuff of him, like I've seen clips and I've seen stuff from the comics. But he mm-hmm. used to be pretty direct when he tells people what he's up, like what he wants them to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one thing they avoided in the show that they do in the comic is establish that some people can overcome that through raw willpower. But I think the only two I saw described was uh, Doctor Doom and Daredevil. They can overcome what? Uh, Purple Man suggestions through raw willpower. Doctor Doom and who else? Daredevil. 
Beautiful. I imagine it, uh, his like crazy ninja meditation has something to do with it. That's interesting that it has to do with like mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Sort of like uh, the force. Yeah. Yeah, so we got through the exams okay, and we start doing the uh, physical exams. And uh, what you mentioned earlier with Aizawa was something I really liked, which was uh, getting to see him be a teacher outside of that uh, hard-ass approach he was applying up until this point. Yeah, he's kind of got the steez of like a a real tired substitute teacher who doesn't really... Yeah. Well, yeah, he really does yeah. seem like he's just kind of irritated with everybody, even when he's smiling. <laughs> yeah, I get like some some vibes from him, like maybe he's had to deal with uh, some fucked up shit teaching before, like maybe a student got killed. Or went evil. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's why he uh, he's so tough. <laughs> Yeah, so particular, too, like when he was trying to get Deku to quit early on. Maybe it was yeah. a situation like that. Yeah, he could have, maybe he had a student who didn't have a very, wasn't very tough, mm-hmm. but he uh, he wanted to nurture them anyway, and then it ended up getting them hurt. Yeah. Or hurt. maybe he was that student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. only time will tell. He's got an interesting quirk. I don't understand how he commands the the, the ribbons. Yeah, that's a it's it's odd. Yeah, I'm not completely sure either. Maybe there's like I, more tech involved than we can see. Yeah, it it is like it is said a couple times that it's a capture material and mm-hmm. that people aren't really sure what it's made out of. So maybe it's like some kind of uh, responsive computer driven. Yeah, maybe it's something uh, like what uh, Creation Girl used to capture him, but like a bit more responsive. Yeah, maybe something he can control mm-hmm. via like implant or it's, something it crazy. seems to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dad wanted us to go take something off the truck. What? That chair. What chair? Or maybe it's not on the truck anymore, but he wants us to take it inside. Tell him we'll... Why didn't you tell him what we were doing? Nah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> tell him we'll do it in like half an hour. Okay. <sighs> uh, really I think I'm shaking off the math stress. <laughs> That's good. Uh. I hope you're happy, Michael. He beat my ass. (laughs) He beat your ass quick. (laughs) (laughs) He deserved it. Unless he can stop time. (laughs) Yeah, my dad dad has Zawarudo. He's like... uh, What's that guy? Fucking Dormammu. He lives in a, a place where time doesn't exist. <laughs> he's, he's got the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> he yeah. just rewinds time if the ass whooping's not good enough. 
Yeah, dad, dad exists in a place outside of time and where you have to speak extra loudly into speakers and microphones. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I do feel a little bad for Froppy, um, specifically because of what the internet did with that picture of her after she spat up the cuffs. Yeah, I saw so much of that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, God damn it. He's underage. She's too pure. Yeah. It's like, can't we just enjoy things? <laughs> yeah. Um, I ship, uh, I ship Froppy and Birdman pretty hard. Why? Um, I, I can see that. They're, they've both got I, animal quirks. To be honest, I didn't really think about it, and then I saw some adorable fan art, and I was like, all right. Those sold. would be some seriously weird-looking children. Be kind of funny. I'm trying to imagine now, like a uh, a frog bird quirk. Yeah. Edit. Um, you know what that quirk would be? <laughs> it would not. It would be a frog that wouldn't bump its ass on the way down, land, sea, and air. I guess. Frog. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really even seem like. Uh, Fumikage has bird powers so much as he just has a bird head. Well, um, I think Can they're probably fly? gonna. I think they're probably gonna build on that uh, over time, since uh, yeah. the weakness and, uh, seems to be that uh, what well, they establish his weakness is being bad at close range. And I think uh, at the end of that tournament, All Might was telling him that he needs to build himself up as well as uh, Dark Shadow. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping he like built maybe builds up his hand to hand abilities. Maybe he'll like uh maybe he'll be like Gravity Girl and become a mini battle hero. That's true. Dude, we could get like some Bruce Lee shit up in this. Yeah, I was uh I thought that was nice that she just beat up that guy. Beat up her girl or whatever. Thirteen. Yeah, 13. I think 13's supposed 13's to be a guy. Yeah, even though I think he's vo- I think 13 is voiced by a girl in both languages. Yeah, but uh they definitely and the manga makes it pretty clear. Using... Well, he's referred to as the gentlemanly hero, I think. Huh. Yeah. Um yeah, and they definitely I think one of the Bonus panels goes more into it. The bonus pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like how her quirk is like. It's kind of useless, but they find ways to for her to use it. You know, I don't think she even really used it in that trial. No, not um, really. Yeah, so she kind of just has to yeah. train her body, which I thought was cool. How she trained with the gun guy, whatever his name is. Gunhead. Gunhead. Um, yeah, I and that's cool too because uh, there's a she, she like her power is suited for rescue heroism, mm-hmm. but uh, like Eraserhead says in season one, uh, a hero doesn't just have one trick. So it's cool to have like a character with a not very combative quirk have some other. 
moves up their sleeve. Yeah, it, it's neat that she spotted this, too, as you can actually see the progression where it starts with uh, her fighting Bakugo and coming up short, and then when it comes time for the... Uh, the uh, internships she decides to tackle it directly it's it's nice to get a payoff so soon i've been uh i've been watching assassination classroom and there's been a lot of uh morals in that about having a they they use the term second blade a lot Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of relevant like you you should you have a thing you're good at but you should have like a fallback in case you need it Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think uh, in uh, I think we were me and Mike were watching the animated Ghost in the Shell movie, and there was a big thing with uh, Makoto explaining about like how you you basically screw yourself quicker than anything by over specializing. Yeah. That uh, you have one big strength, but it ultimately, I mean, uh, I guess uh, a bird guy is a. Uh, perfect example of this one big strength creating one big weakness yeah um back onto him uh there's a bonus um they don't really super do it in the the anime but there are like bonus pages after Mm -hmm. chapters and they're usually about like they're like a character breakdown um and there's one that that mentions that his quirk is uh one of his parents had like a dark shadow type quirk, and then the other one had the bird physiology, which is mm-hmm. why he's got a bird head, also like a quirk. Yeah. So <laughs> one of his parents was really in the birds. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I assume like this is like well, at least fourth or fifth generation world of quirks. Oh uh, yeah, so but, this is just normal now. Yeah, so I assume people grow up learning to be attracted to all sorts of types. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, like, it's a bit easier to swallow in the case of frog girls, since both her parents, I think, have frog quirks. Yeah, we do see them, I think. <laughs> like, her dad yeah. is a fucking frog-ass frog man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, and it's not hard to imagine, given, like, there are lots of people who are like, I'd bang an alien chick, even now, like, so, mm-hmm. yeah. being, you know, I think human people are into all sorts of weird shit. So yeah, I mean, once it's real, I don't think it'll take that many generations for uh, in, in the yeah. case of this setting. Yeah, I guess it, it kind of comes down to I guess how long quirks have been active, and I think they've been around for quite a while. Yeah, they sort of. I mean, apply. at at least like what seven generations based on one for all. <laughs> yeah, that is true, um, and they definitely imply that that. Uh, um. And by this point, they've they've implied it to an extent that there was sort of a weird, almost apocalypse point when Quirks first appeared. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a really dark, chaotic period. Yeah, and we're sort of in the civilization that figured that shit out. Yeah, we're, we're kind of in the, the peaceful point right now, thanks in no small part to All Might. One yeah. time I was at BART, and I saw this hot girl, and she was dressed really nice. And then I noticed she only had one hand. <laughs> Did that stop you, or were you like, fuck it, let's do this? Uh, wait, okay, hold on. Where did this come from? Because <laughs> oh, I was thinking about how, you know, people are into, like, 
they're okay with doing like frog people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about a. Uh, I was thinking the other day. I was like, is it wrong that that you might feel like you have more confidence with someone like that? It's like I think that's a natural human feeling. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's pretty you, fucked up. You only have one hand, so it's, I like. Well, it's it's kind of both. It's it's the matter of like, you know, everyone has faults, and like, the more obvious the fault is, the more it probably kind of. Uh, if you're thinking of things as like leagues, then, or like like maybe like a point system, like one to ten, then. The more obvious the fault, the further away you're probably going to be from that ten. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like trying to apply a sort of logic to uh, who you approach, which uh, and it depends on like who you are, because I feel like there are certain things that some people might view as a fault. Um, yeah, and that other people might think is like cool. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, yeah. Um, not to imply that my brother. Th- Thanks. People who have missing limbs are uh, faulty, Michael. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say they have a fault, but I don't know if I would argue that they aren't faulty. <laughs> Yikes! I, I I see what Mike meant, but I can also I can clearly see how bad that sounded. There was um, a guy. Let me let me say she what? had she had a handicap, yeah. not a fault. Let's let's call it I that. Am. I think I know where this stems from, Michael. Uh-oh. There was a man who used to work at the mall who had a very shrunken hand. Was it just one? I believe so. And according to Dad, this man scared the shit out of you. What? <laughs> you would always like mention it and be like, "Don't." He was in the food court, and you'd be like, "I hope he doesn't touch my food with his baby hand." <laughs> what? I don't remember. How How did. old was he? I don't know. He must. He must have been pretty young. Yeah, I don't think I, I was imagine. older than fifteen. Let's, I don't know, but either way, let's, from let's what I hear, alive so, it was up here. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, you geez. were born in the Bay Area. Okay, so so that time you would freak out during English when that Korean guy would come in to collect the attendance. I always thought that was a joke. Uh, Mike used to freak out every time this one dude came in to collect the uh, attendance from the teacher mm-hmm. because he had his like hair slicked back and Mike would be like he looks like a date rapist no it wasn't the hair it was the glove remember the glove he did have gloves on he did have like big unnecessary gloves on in the middle of the day in spring and summer and yeah they were like I think they were fingerless I don't and they might have even might have even been like backless, you know, how the top of the hands are missing. Oh, maybe. Driving gloves? Yeah, like driving gloves. He'd always come in and he'd like look around real shifty and he'd like adjust <laughs> his glove while he was, the teacher was waiting. <laughs> and he'd stand by that plant by the door. It sounds like something you would recount and then no one else would remember that guy. See, like I, can, can I, can, I can't remember... I can vaguely remember the guy. I more remember being annoyed by Mike freaking out because I thought it was like a joke. He was just pushing way too hard. 
I think Michael but, was just. But I you know, he hearing, was, but hearing, he, but Daniel, hearing your story, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Mike was wasn't serious. No, you forget. No, it wasn't date rapist. Maybe it was. It was dendrophiliac too. Oh, okay. That was what I. Which means no tree is safe. Yeah, or plant. Or plant. <laughs> Um, I mean, so that chick with the vine hair is in serious trouble. Uh, it's starting. Uh, there were those in the tournament anime. There was a chick who had. Uh, yeah, she's uh, in the is. she's in the other hero class, uh, class uh, B. Yeah. For the record, I don't have anything against anybody with baby limbs. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, I remember the guy, but I don't. I think I remember being a little bit muted. It's. I probably never said anything. Dad probably just could tell by like the look on my face, or like maybe I didn't want to eat there really. Um, but yeah, I mean the way Dad tells it, it's like you you would say something about it. It's like, more oh, like I wouldn't want to think about that while I was eating. Mm. I just see that little tiny hand scooping food onto my plate and my brain while I was <laughs> sitting at the table. It's yeah. like you're sitting there trying to like work through some like uh, teriyaki noodles and then that little hand rises out. <laughs> <laughs> just crawls out from the noodles. Oh no. And grabs your yeah. fork. <laughs> For the record it could happen to anybody I'm just lucky that I was born you know with regular hands I don't begrudge anybody uh, I think maybe they have tough I have a family member who has baby hands um, or one of them I guess are you talking about chop? no cut <laughs> <Not> that <laughs> I know he'll never listen to this well you never know not him it's actually someone who's like a my mom's cousin is married to somebody with with that particular fault. Yikes, man! <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody will listen to this. No, uh, sorry. I, I... This will come back to haunt you. No, it won't. You're I said I'm like, sorry. You're going to be like I rising said... in the corporate world, and then you're going to meet the CEO, and he's going to be like, I'm ready to give you that big promotion, and he's going to have a baby hand. And he's like, but I listened to your podcast. Like, oh, Mike, I, I didn't know you I'm had sorry. a podcast. Oh. I, I oh. said I'm sorry on the episode. <laughs> you, you, you know people don't care about apologies. Yeah, you said it. The receipts are there now. Okay. I didn't even say anything bad. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine if if they don't like it. If they they want to make decisions about us, then look, fuck it's fine. It's totally it's normal. As far as look, it's just like a quirk in real life. Yeah, we have baby hand. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the quirks we have are. <laughs> What is the benefit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we don't really have quirks in that sense. Um, I don't know, maybe being double jointed is kind of neat. I, I'm just imagining like the tournament arc and present Mike is like 
announcing, and it's like, Quirk, baby hand <laughs> Quirk, uh, baby hand. His hands are really small, and they look kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Quirk, premature baldness. Oh, yeah, we both have that one. Yeah. See, I'm it's, bald. It's, it's more like it Quirk, we can reflect light, light off of our heads. Yeah. That Quirk, in, an anime, in, in the anime, would probably just be called Hage. <laughs> yeah, baldy. Yeah. Are there any bald characters on this show? Um, Not that I can think of. Uh, Baldness is uh, more of a joke in Japan. You know what? I want to say something, and I I really don't like it. (laughs) When in movies, they they feel the need to supernaturally explain characters' baldnesses. Um, They did that with Lex Luthor. I didn't mind it in X-Men. I thought that was fucking stupid. <laughs> like, why? It's he, like... You know, to, to go into why would be spoilers for the movie, but... I don't care. Like, well, I you know don't care, but what happens. about the audience? Okay, audience, spoiler warnings for care. X-Men it Apocalypse. Came out a year ago. Well, give us ten seconds. Um, he was literally turning into Apocalypse. I, I don't even... Is that why? Because Apocalypse is bald? That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's continuity. Um, like it's it's not my fault you're sensitive about your baldness. It's, I'm not sensitive about my baldness. I just think it's it doesn't like like why? Well, Do you really explain. Really, they screwed up by not having it start. Well, they screwed up by not having it start in Days of Future Past. Why he still got that full head of hair? Explain like why Lex Luthor is bald. It's like can't he just start off the movie well, bald? Well, didn't, you really didn't, need to shave his head? Didn't Lex fucking, Luthor's backstory have and, something? Didn't like his hatred of Superman have something to do with that? Like it's a plot point in his case. Yeah, in the comics, it's even worse. That's what I'm talking about. Oh Jesus! Like, like, if you're gonna make a bald supervillain, why can't he just have you, male you pattern baldness? That's like not something that's. It's such a common occurrence that it doesn't. <laughs> Really need to explain. To be like explaining why Peter Parker has brown hair now. That's another thing. Oh, they did that in the first X Men movie where they felt the need to explain the white streak in Rogue's hair. It's like I don't care. Oh my god! Why are you so <laughs> about it's hair? It's just dumb. I don't understand. Oh, Jesus. Okay, okay, for future reference, anyone trying to make something for Mike, don't have anyone's hair factor any into the plot in any way whatsoever. I mean, you can if it's a, like a dramatic story about like a cancer patient oh, Jesus. slowly losing their hair, then it makes sense, but like... Yes, <laughs> your, your fictional setting must make realistic sense. I... Yeah, I, 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 uh, whatever. I don't mean. I just to do, don't, I don't mean to do that. That was a. What is the What is the necessity of, of explaining why Professor X is bald? <laughs> what uh, do they say that that is? Did he just shave his head? No. You saw apocalypse, right? It he's like apocalypse. fighting apocalypse, and he's just like, and then all his, ha- all his hair falls. Well, out. no, it's not because oh, he's fighting. Weird. It's it's I it, about no, that. it happened because apocalypse was trying to like. 
like, uh, body swap him. So it was like transforming uh, Professor X's body into his so he could, like, hop into it. And, Weird. Yeah, part of that process was him going bald. I want to... Um, well, Apocalypse no. was just bald. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Well, see, I'm mad that they didn't explain why he was bald. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. I give up. <laughs> um, One Punch Man has a bald protagonist, and they don't really go into detail about No, bald. because they established that his training made him bald, which is probably that's why... That's true, Mike but that could... I mean, that, that that's not necessarily... They just say that it happened at the same time. Hmm. Uh, let, let, let's get off of that. <laughs> oh, also, I just want to say this real quick that I reread the death of Superman, and Lex Luthor has a full head of of bright red hair mm-hmm. and a and a Abraham Lincoln red beard to go with it. So that was weird. Mm. Yeah. But then again, so that's because he he like died and then cloned himself and then put his head. Or put his uh, brain in the brain clone. into brain in the clone. So, but then obviously he becomes bald again later. So then they have to re-explain. They have to explain why he gets bald twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to. I really want to know what makes him bald again. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you want bald people to be explained, but also you hate when they explain it. No. Enough. Enough. <laughs> We spent way too much time on baldness. I just want to know now. Okay, let's start a whole different podcast just for this subject. Let's no. sure, sure, we can make the bald cast. That's fine. Just, just let's let's get on something that is like not very not bald at all. We could. Let's There's talk about our animal principle. Uh, uh, cover it all. Okay, what were we talking about, my hero? <laughs> We were talking about, like, the baby arm man and then, like, real-life quirks. <laughs> yeah, and how yeah, they're like not the as only, cool. The only real-life, like, beneficial quirks, like you said, like, double-jointedness, um, that's pretty that's beneficial. That's not beneficial, that's just weird. I mean, you could well, use it. It's kind of neat. I mean, you, you saw Lethal Weapon. He can... But, it, but again, know. like, a lot of people who have double-jointedness end up with joint problems later because their body that. doesn't like... Yeah, them. later on, but, like, you can be, like, an escape artist... Until you have yeah. the problems, and, and there you know. are like uh, there are like human beings who like like people descended from certain. Hey, uh, jump a cables. Hmm. Have you seen Split? No. You should watch that shit. I'll check it out at some point. It's good. My sister said it was good. Yeah. The uh, yeah, let's uh. Get away from real life quirks and talk about fictional quirks. Let's uh, talk about animals with quirks. Um, Daniel, do animals in this world have quirks, or is Nezu special? No, he's um, an animal. They said that. Well, um, well, no, he is an animal with a quirk. What I'm wondering is, is they also mentioned that he was experimented on, which makes oh, me wonder: yeah. is um, right. he was experimented on? I think because he's an animal with a quirk. Yeah. Oh, not be, not they gave an animal a quirk. Okay. Um, In which case I guess uh, animals having quirks isn't common then. No, it's it's pretty it's established that it's it's much rarer than a human having a quirk, I believe. And uh I don't think it matters too much to the extent that like 
Nezu's only particularly special because he's an animal whose quirk gave him super intelligence. Mm-hmm. Any other animal with a quirk would just be kind of like a neat sighting because yeah. it would just be like a regular it's ass like, animal. Hey, look, that shit. bear can yeah. jump really high. Yeah. yeah, it'd be kind of terrifying. It'd be kind of like a, I guess it'd be like it, it gives room for like uh, cryptids and and. That yeah, that probably would account for stuff like that. Like fucking Jersey Devil is like a horse with a like a horse with a dragon quirk or some shit. Or yeah. a dog with big ass titties. That'd be weird. Or the chupacabra is like a coyote with a long ass tongue quirk. Yeah. So to that end. But yeah, um, it was kind of funny seeing Nezu in action. Um, <laughs> I specifically like the bit where they had to like establish that he still kind of has a minor grudge against humans. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Where he was sitting uh, there with that like teacup, just like cackling. Yeah, I feel like they really highlighted how smart they like. They they kind of I don't remember them doing it as much in the manga, but he does like in the in the anime. He he says like. They they say like he's doing all these calculations specifically to to break buildings in a specific way. Yeah, like Not using like chain reactions to like seal off exits and shit. So yeah, I like that they established that his quirk didn't bring him to human intelligence. It brought him to like beyond human intelligence. Yeah, he's yeah. stupid smart. Who was he against? He was against the uh, electric or... kid and the uh, oh, yeah. the acid girl, uh, aka the people. class idiots. I yeah, I don't remember much about them. I, I, especially, I don't really remember her quirk. She creates acid. When has she used it? She uses it to slide around in her fight with the French guy, and mm-hmm. she uses it in uh, the original, the very first battle scenario training. I don't remember mm-hmm. French guy. The, uh, the uh, I can't stop twinkling. Yeah. Oh, he's French. Yeah, he says a bunch of French uh, expressions, but no one really believes that he's from France. Mm-hmm. They just think he's a weirdo. Is he the belly blast guy? Yeah, yeah. he's the belly blast okay. guy. Um, it's, it's more. Uh, it's more apparent in uh, in English too, because he speaks with like kind of a weird voice. Yeah, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's actually voiced. Him or Kaminari, uh, one of those two is actually voiced by, like, uh, one of the, like, Funimation voice acting directors or something. Oh, <coughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I've heard of that happening before, where somebody starts off uh, doing the voice acting and moves into a more professional role. Yeah, I think in, in that case, I think the guy mainly likes directing, but will occasionally be like a, a minor character. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Zimmerman used to do that. She'd appear in the MGS games mm-hmm. as like a soldier or something. Uh, what was the... There's, there's the rock hard guy. Who is he with? Uh, that was a guy who's been background up until this point. He has the uh, yeah. sugar rush ability, which oh, yeah. I would enjoy having. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sugar rush. Yeah. You know who I really want to learn more about is that cat man, the cat cop. The cat cop. <laughs> yeah. Cat I want cop. like a... I want like a whole like Columbo style series with that cat cop. Yeah, yeah him reporting to uh, Officer Dogface. 
Yeah. Yeah, the dog cop is really funny. Um, <laughs> I forgot about the dog cop. He's like the chief, isn't he? Yeah, he's also yes. a very good boy. <laughs> the um, the sugar uh, the sugar cork, uh, which in Japanese is called sugar dope mm-hmm. instead of sugar rush. Yeah. But uh, it also makes you hella dumb the stronger you get. Well, you know, it's like any sort of uh, like uh. Is the term I'm looking for? It's just, just like, it's like a real sugar rush, or kind of like when you take in caffeine. There's a crash. You come down. Yeah. It's just sort of like a, a quirk of natural chemistry cranked up to 13 in the sense that he gets like super strength from it. Interesting. He's kind of like the Hulk. He gets dumber as he gets. Bigger. Well, no. Yeah. There's a there's a crash. He gets really well, big no, and strong for a minute, and then he like yeah. comes down, and he's like. Ugh. You know, but uh, it, the, while he while he's strong, he also is a uh, less intelligent. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. Mm. And he uh, he crashes hard and gets super tired. I wonder why they paired them together. Is they both idiots? Well, the the point of uh, all the pairings is that they have to like overcome a flaw, and yes. in their case, it's that they're they're both way too direct. Yeah, they both uh, they both think more in terms of their like power than they mm-hmm. do in their environment. Yeah, just kind of like, like overpowering whatever's in front of them rather what than were they being supposed clever. To do? No matter how much they aura aura, but there's no smart person there to like direct the other one. Well, yeah, that's the well. The they whole have idea to. One door. of them has to, or one or both of them has to figure out how to be that guy. But that was never going to happen. <laughs> well, the thing they is, I think dumb. the basic idea is for them to realize they can't beat Cementos directly. They've got to retreat. Maybe that was the point for them to fail then. Because, I mean, they yeah. can, like, bust through walls that Cementos makes, but he can keep making them. But they could also bust through the walls of the arena to hide from him and then just kind of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they really wanted to fight Cementos rather than yeah rather than run away anyway, yeah um, so yeah I mean in either case it kind of serves as a lesson like if they do outthink it and win then they've learned and if they fail they've still learned is yeah. it Cementos or Cementos I think it's Cementos hmm. At least well they say Cementos they... in the dub yeah hmm. uh, weird Cementos power cemento. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cementos if only because you get the pun that way. And the Japanese love their puns. Um particularly I think a highlight of these last five episodes has been the uh uh All Might and Deku and Bakugo fight. Yeah, so when an episode came up called Bakugo the origin, I was like, oh god, this is gonna be the worst. <laughs> and <laughs> it was actually pretty good. It was pretty enlightening. I'm I'm still sick of his shit, but um my being sick of his shit is more a personal issue, not with characters like that, but with people like that. Yeah. Um the difference between a character like this who irritates me but I can acknowledge is uh well made and a character like Sasuke from Naruto who I think is terrible on all fronts <clears throat> is that the author kind of knows 
what they're doing with this character and has uh, enough sense to have an idea of the, how this character is going to be perceived. Um, it seemed like uh, in the case of Sasuke, the author just took for granted that people would like or relate to the character. Yeah. And made him really shitty with very little redeeming value, which is why there was such a huge backlash against him. Whereas here, you know, you have a kind of give and take thing. There is some belief that what Bakugo is able to do is going to create fans in some capacity. But then also they have the good sense to play a lot of his um, negative traits for, for comedy. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to think he's a cool guy because he's mean to people and tells them to die, but you can laugh at him for being that kind of crazy. Yeah, and what's what's cool, too, is, like, there's a very, uh... Bakugo is kind of, like, the top dog at the at the school he and Deku went to. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I mean, it's a very dramatic sort of, like, he's, like, telling Deku to go kill himself, and it's, like... Yeah, <laughs> that's Deku's where my like, hatred of him began. Yeah, and it's like fucked up, and then it's cool that they get to to UA, and then everyone's shitting on Bakugo all the time, and Deku's <laughs> like, "This is so weird." Yeah, my favorite uh, one was when the electric guy's like, "Your personality's like crap steeped in raw sewage." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never he never bothered me as much as he bothered you, but this episode kind of like he finally kind of. Like, I always thought, like, okay, he's just, like, an asshole, but they'll explain why. This episode, he kind of crossed the, like, over for me, where it was... Because at the beginning, he was just, like, so over the top and, like, mad and in front of everybody, telling, like, like, you're a scum, like, go fucking kill yourself and die, and, like... And he was, like, even more angry than usual. I was just, like, I can't... Like, I, I have to know, like, they've delayed this long enough. They need to, like, explain... And what is wrong with him because this is ridiculous or like a character needs to come and like put him in his place mm-hmm. um, and I thought they kind of did a nice job with that with All Might kind of really just like beating the shit out of him like that gut yeah. punch at the end was yeah. like oh yeah, yeah. Where he spat it, it, up. it's such a cool <laughs> yeah it's such a cool way to see I mean like that fight starts and all, you can just it's the power gap between All Might and anyone else is is really showcased because oh, he's wearing yeah. like where he creates like a wind based tidal wave through that arena. <laughs> yeah, that fight starts and you're like you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's like he's basically I think it's Golden Age Superman before he could like yeah. fly properly, where everything was just an extension of his super strength. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and and that's and what's crazy about that too is is we're seeing an All Might who's severely yeah. yeah severely losing power and on top of that is wearing like ridiculous amounts of weight. Yeah, yeah. not only is his like power well I don't I, I don't think we've completely confirmed if these are two separate things. Uh if it's his power fading and his declining health, or if it's just the declining health, um Either way, he's significantly held down, and is still yeah. able to like cause like calamitous uh, damage. Yeah. Didn't they put like a time limit on how long he can do that? 
now? Like, what is it? Yeah, down to? I can't it's remember. Like, it's like an hour now. It's pretty. Low I think now. he can. It's he can be in that form for an hour, but he can only like fight at a hundred percent for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, which is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. it it's it pretty heartbreaking. It's it's really nice to see all the Deku progress though. Like, oh yeah. Well, yeah, I think my favorite moment in the series is when he figures out how to use uh, one for all at 5%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that he's, like, functional now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was really getting tired of the, the, like, body-breaking thing over and over again. But it was cool that they kind of flipped that on its head and we saw Bakugo do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And took off his grenade launchers. And I also... kind of was satisfied with that he kind of did kind of say okay like he didn't really say it out loud but he did have to work with Deku and he like even gave him his little armband to use and shit Mm -hmm. so that was nice well yeah it was um, something they did with All Might where he actually said at one point this is a problem that's not going to be resolved anytime soon so yeah. it's like they're kind of I I as while I do kind of I am sick of his Bakugo's shit. Um, I can appreciate that they're they're trying to both uh, treat it like like there's a serious issue at the heart of this, and they're not trying to just kind of like work through it for the sake of convenience. Like something yeah. like this would take time yeah. to resolve. He's got. Yeah genuine resentment towards another human being and that's pretty dark yeah it was i'm not quite sure how satisfied i am with like that explanation though like it seems like he idolized all might and so deku kind of just kind of latched on to him and and also latched on to all might and was kind of like a broke-ass version of him kind of like a, a little brother or something like just doing everything he was doing I can only assume that's the case for why, like, Deku doesn't just outright hate him. But I I feel like... Like, that's annoying to him for sure, but I feel like it's... And I guess he's he's jealous that Deku has developed a quirk suddenly that's super powerful and similar to All Might, and he has this close relationship with All Might, so I don't know if it... They didn't really outright say that he's jealous about that, but... Yeah. I, I well, don't know. There is some... There's some implication there. Um, like, I think it's <clears throat> when the, you have All Might saying, kind of like internally, that in the... I don't know if he's, it was internally or externally, where he was saying, like, the more dire the situation, the more you should deal with it by standing and smiling. And they cut to him, like, Bakugo and Deku doing that. Yeah. It was at that point I realized Bakugo does that a lot. And I just assumed any time he was smiling while fighting is that it was, like, some kind of, like, raw-ass sadism. But yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Kind of, uh, but looking at that, it does make me want to, like, go through, like, the whole series... Like like a crazy obsessive documenting every time Bakugo starts smiling <laughs> about something to see yeah. if like is he actually imitating All Might when he's doing. I think that. A, another big part of Bakugo as well is that he, and I think this is a problem that kind of applies to real people as well. Mm-hmm. He's very uh, 
uh, he he uh, he's like someone who's never really been told no. Mm-hmm. And, like he's been praised his whole life because he was born with a powerful quirk and good intuition. I feel. Yeah, he also yeah. he he seems to be gifted all around because he's also like yeah. third in the class academically and, and in, in seemed way, to think he was superior since childhood. Yeah, and in a way that's kind of another thing about Deku that's so probably annoying to him is that where where Bakugo is gifted in all physical aspects, Deku is, you know, he's just, quickly surpassing him. Yeah, he's Deku is is incredibly studious and uh, hardworking. Yeah. And he also possesses a uh, a sort of uh, empathy that Bakugo seems to lack. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's one uh, of like, the things I like most about Deku is that he's like, he's raw-ass empathy. Yeah, like Bakugo has all the physical traits to make a great hero. <laughs> yeah, but I, Deku has like all of the mental traits that make a great hero, and I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what's more important, yeah. and I think Bakugo kind of realizes that. The other thing that bothers him is, it's, like you said before, that you know everybody at his last school, he was the top dog, but now everyone, like every episode, someone was like, oh no, I'm in trouble, what would, what would Deku do? <laughs> Everybody's kind of looking up to him. As... Yeah, even even when he was even when he was like, you know, known and established as being immensely flawed, the stuff he would come up with was still so sound that they'd be looking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and on that level, like being the most gifted person in his environment, and then coming to a school where everyone's gifted and rapidly improving really puts the heat on him like mm-hmm. I, I doubt he ever really had to try super hard mm-hmm. I mean not that Bakugo isn't pretty hard working that just kind of comes with his like giftedness but yeah, yeah. he's he's he's, he's definitely obsessed with uh, like like I, I wasn't joking when I said I think this guy has a serious superiority complex like it seems like he can't handle anyone being better than him. Yeah, no, it's interesting that he has... I feel like in his mind, the way things should be going is he has a rivalry with a hot, cold kid. Yeah. And, like, that's it. But then, Well, like, in his mind, Deku's, it's that, Deku's and Deku kind of, is in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, well, and he's mad that he's, like, stepping up to him, and he's really become his main rival. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and, and Deku is someone who Bakugo really only regarded as a punching bag. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that. that's the thing. Bakugo has a bully's mentality when it comes to Deku. It's because it's always been like that. It's not just that he has to be better than Deku. Deku literally has to be in the dirt. Yeah. And he, it's like, the reason why I say it's a bully's mentality is because it, it seems like the fact that he derives, uh, like, he experiences such misery from Deku doing well, let alone being comparative to him, seems like he wants the opposite. Like, he he needs Deku to be at the bottom. It's where the name Deku initially came from. It's like, if Deku isn't in the dirt, something is wrong with the world, and it makes him furious. You damn nerd. 
Yeah, and I think that's a very. Uh, I think that I, there, there's a few characters that have that sort of like. It's almost like a uh, an obsession with the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like um, you or, just can't. Some some people just can't handle their worldview changing in any way. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, case in point, like the the last arc villain was a guy who's like. <laughs> This world's fucked because heroes make money. I'm gonna kill people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is 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 insanely like extreme as that worldview is. We even got to see a little bit of that at the beginning of episode 34 with that interview. Yeah. I think like a, a Mount Lady is kind of like one of one of the characters that kind of epitomizes his issue with the hero system as it is right now. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing too because it's not wrong that heroes be paid money in exchange mm-hmm. for what they do. Yeah. They're like cops. Um, but it is also, I mean, you can kind of see his ideology in that. Greed motivating a hero could make a less effective hero. Yeah, well, it's a greed, celebrity. These can all be easily corrupting elements. Case in point, uh, that snake lady, that uh, creation girl interned under, is supposed to be a hero. She has all the fame, but she spends more time, you know, posing for the camera than really. I don't think she did anything heroic. And, And to that end, like. There are so many heroes like that who have really flashy quirks but don't put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and part of that is attributed to to how many heroes there are. So mm-hmm. I think Stan wants to not only eliminate selfish, self-obsessed heroes, mm-hmm. but he wants to make less heroes so that the heroes that are left work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Hero killer, Stan. Yeah, well, he's already got, he's got, well, I think he's got a lot more, he's got a lot more of fanboys and fangirls than we've seen, but we were introduced to two of them. Yeah. Yeah, those two are, They they look fucking crazy. They look like psychotics. Um, There's a lot of theories about uh, Dobby that are going to be fun to go into later on. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is up with that guy, but... Boy, does he He's look fucked. Burned up guy. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's like part um, of his oh. face is stapled together. Quirk yeah. Itagaki. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you cold as ice. <laughs> um, there. Um, oh, I remember something I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the spirit of uh, conspiracies, as mentioned earlier, with uh, Joe avoiding me. There are some conspiracies in my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, you talking about creepy now, dude. Talk about a. There's a big theory that I've seen going around that uh. They, they mentioned earlier that that the villain attacks could be the result of a uh, a traitor within the ranks of like a student. Oh yeah, I think I heard something like that a while back. Um, and one of the one of the biggest theories right now, uh, 
a lot of evidence is, is comes from this last episode. Uh, but a lot of people think Invisible Girl might be the traitor. Oh, for real? Well, yeah. I mean, she could she could sneak around easier than anybody. Yeah, hmm. there's a lot of evidence from a storytelling perspective. I guess people think that uh, since the author likes to play so much with like the tropes surrounding like the use of powers, mm-hmm. that the invisibility power is such a classic uh, sort of espionage ability. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and to that end, uh, one of the major theories is that I don't think I think we don't see her when the villains invade the school the first time to get that information. She's absent from class that day, I believe. Hmm. We don't see her at all. I mean, less than we normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the big the big thing that a lot of people point to is in this last episode when they go shopping and uh, Deku conveniently runs into Tomura Shigaraki. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who suggested going shopping at that mall is the Invisible Girl. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I'd imagine she, it would mean she was an agent of the portal guy? Yeah, that's what it would be believed. Um, one of the things that fucks with me the most about this theory is people have pointed out, like, there's literally no way to tell if she was just an adult villain. Yeah, you can't really tell looking at her. That's interesting. Because um, you can't look at her at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling that manga readers will find out the identity of the traitor pretty soon. Mm-hmm. It's dressed, but uh, yeah, that's the big theory right now. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Maybe has she been more developed in the manga? Uh, not not really. Um, there's hmm. there's a lot of suspicious stuff but it does seem like uh we'll see yeah mm-hmm. I, I i think it'll be cool if, if she turns out to be bad <clears throat> because it could be her arc but uh, i loved that last episode that was that shit was perfect, creepy such a perfect like tension in terms of like editing and music the music was doing i was like as i was watching like him like just grab him by the neck and like talk to him and i was and the the way they were cutting it was like all the people walking by and showing them in the middle how like nobody could tell what was going on i was like wow this really needs like creepy like children singing music and like right when i thought that they brought that into the background it's like wow like this is so like tropey but it works so well this is the panel mm. of the smile he gives in the manga <laughs> Holy oh shit, he's so much it. scarier in manga form yeah <laughs> wow that's because i think i saw like his entrance during the uh the first attack on the manga page and then it's like you turn that page and you get that big ass eyeball looking at you and then that yeah. face. Yeah, his face is kind of. That guy's up face too. is all dried out and scratched I up. Ever, I wasn't sure we would ever see that, but that makes that's kind of cool that he he doesn't have that when he's like hiding in public. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, he does keep the hand in his pocket though, which <laughs> I think true. is an actual hand. Like I thought, I just assumed those were like weird costume elements, or maybe they had something to do with regulating his quirk. Yeah. Now it seems implied that the hands are. I Actual mean, the way hands. he talks to them. 
Yeah, he. It, it's kind of almost implied that they're hands of people he personally. Yeah. Well, when All Might knocks the hand off of his face during that first invasion, he apologizes to his father. Yeah, I don't remember that. He so says like he, he's like Tosan, I'm sorry. Yeah, huh. he, he does call that hand dad. That's mm-hmm. such a fucking cool character design. Like, it, it's it's. You know, especially in I don't keep I don't mean to keep harping on Western comics, but especially when you see kind of the designs that get shit out for new characters over here. Mm-hmm. Like when I saw his design, I was like, "That's like the most unique looking villain I've seen in like a really long time." I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's definitely a villain like design. Drawing him. <laughs> on, on his face. Well, yeah, because you know it's hard to draw hands. Well, see, the author loves drawing hands. Mm-hmm. He, what he said he hated about drawing him was that it was very hard to draw in expressive hands. <laughs> drawing somebody like dead hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally you'd probably rely on color to show that it's decaying. So yes. yeah. Yeah, but that whole episode and I love like moments like that, like. Like in the dark night, and like heat when the the hero and, and villain kind of meet mm-hmm. under like yep. uh, you know very mundane terms, but still tense terms, mm-hmm. like ahead of any conflict that's going to happen. And they did it really well here. I was very impressed by that episode where it was it was just two people sitting. You know, something's good when you have just two people sitting down talking, and it's like exhilarating to watch yeah and uh that's actually not where i expected this season to end either um there's actually a much more brutal cliffhanger that i thought they were going to end it on but it looks like they're going to open the arc the the next anime the next season with that arc okay it was kind of uh interesting to kind of swerve like that because it seemed like everything was pretty we were on track for a really upbeat conclusion (laughs) And then shit just got fucking terrifying. Yeah. I love that he straight up chokes Deku, too. It's just such a, like... uh. I I really... I don't know if I've said this before, but I'm... The thing about I love about this show is it's just so unfiltered. Like, it can be so happy and almost like a... It can almost feel like a fucking, like, kid's show sometimes, but Mm -hmm. they're not afraid to go to these really dark, fucked up places and show people all bloodied and Mm-hmm. Half dead, like yeah. Or yeah, or like when uh one of our antagonists decided they were gonna go out and murder somebody. <laughs> Edit. I meant protagonist here. Jumper cables, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's actually another. We uh we learn a lot about. I mean, it was cool to see how they subtly kind of told us more about how some quirks work. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, what well, he said, you know, if I put this last finger down, like, mm-hmm. it, it seems it seems the decay is specifically all five, like, maybe just the whole hand touching. Yeah, it seems to happen on that trigger rather than be something he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. And I think you can actually go through and see, like, if he handles objects, he kind of, handles them carefully with like one one finger is always out i think yeah um i don't know if we've seen that in the anime so much but i know that there's some manga scenes where you can kind of 
see him like well yeah you'll see him like pick up or manipulate things with his hands so i think i'd initially thought it was just something he could actively command yeah but now apparently the trigger is is all yeah the whole hand it seems yeah that that's that's what i was remembering and uh you can see it when he is using the binoculars during the stain arc yeah he has a finger up when he's using him Mm -hmm. um but yeah it, it seems like his quirk just activates when he touches stuff with all of his fingertips or fingers. Yeah. Um, and we actually see some other quirks like that. Um, Uraraka's specifically also activates when all of her fingertips touch an object. Well, yeah, she's got, yeah, she like puts her hands together to activate it. And I think deactivate it too. Yeah. But, uh, they do specify that all five of her fingertips have to touch an item to make a, uh, to make it linked to that. Mm hmm. Um, which is why she yeah, doesn't. Like, yeah, she doesn't accidentally like levitate people while shaking hands or. Yeah. <laughs> or her clothes don't cop. float. <laughs> yeah, that cat cop is great. <laughs> I want more of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of so fun to look at. It's so weird how like. I mean, that stuff happens, like, there's, like, the cat head police officer, and, like, but it's weird how, like, they still kind of dehumanize them in a weird way. Like, every time the dog cop appears, they're always, like... Well, yeah, he actually had, like, the vocal quirk of, like, the vocal tick of, like, making, like, a wolf sound or, like, a bark. It's, It's so weird how people treat each other. Like, it's almost, like, it's just, like, a weird discrimination, like... If, if would dog cop be offended if someone called him adorable, or would he be like, "Yes, I am a dog cop." I get you it think all the time. he would bite somebody <laughs> if they called yeah. him adorable? But like, no one's Man. saying any like fucked up frog shit to see you. Like, I want to see him bite a perp. Well, she looks like a human for the most part. She's, yeah, yeah. So it's like when the line is like, where's the line drawn there? Well, you know, I mean, it does happen with like her her snake friend, who everyone is terrified of. That is true. Yeah. So I guess there's like a level of pork discrimination. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not a fuckable animal, I don't think anybody then... <laughs> really says anything to the bird guy about his bird head. No, it, most of the people think he's cool. So yeah, I still I didn't know in my head. I always think he's gonna take that off and it's gonna be like a regular head underneath, <laughs> like it's a mask. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see him. I, I want them to touch more on the bird thing. Just mm-hmm. in, in some way, like maybe have him caw and surprise, <laughs> or maybe know, just, just so start like how, pecking something. Yeah, it's just so weird how uh, you have these like like uh, Asui doesn't even like have like a frog, like her body is similar to a frog's kind of, but she and she, but she goes ribbit. Well, yeah, she but goes ribbit have, like, and she hops from place and to place. And then you have straight up like dog head man who says woof. But then walks around in have, a suit. Yeah, but then you have Fumikage who has a bird head, but makes no, they're like no one references it. Yeah, I, mean, I wonder. I think maybe Bakugo calls him bird for brains. Yeah, maybe once. Well, yeah. In which case, it's probably just like calling a fat guy fat. Yeah, <laughs> like there's just this weird like no. Hey, fatty, why are you so fat? <laughs> when all of these characters. 
have all these like specific details put into like their animal related stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Mikage, I mean, for all for all it's worth, is just treated as like a dude. Like yeah, no one he's, ever notices his bird hair. I mean, we 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 call him Bird Guy, but he's primarily known for his dark shadow quirk more than anything else. Yeah. I just mean like in universe, no one seems to like. There's no if you changed his like if you changed his head to a normal guy's head without changing anything else. Yeah. Like there wouldn't be any weird moments where you're like, what they? That's weird. What does he call? Like there's <laughs> there's nothing like that. Whereas yeah. if you like made dog head guy a regular dude. There'd be a lot of questions. Maybe, maybe there's uh, something to like the strength of the quirk as well. Because while uh, Tsuyu doesn't um, doesn't look as frog as her parents, let alone her dad, she does have like a double frog quirk. So maybe it's like stronger internally than externally. Because she yes. she will revert to like frog posture. She'll hop around. Uh, she's able to like pull things in and out of her stomach. Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe Fumikage only has, like, a, an aesthetic tie to bird, birdness. So yeah, maybe he's like, only, like, bird. quarter bird person. Because, yeah. you know, he doesn't he, he doesn't have, like... Like, well, I don't know. Does he have actual feet, or are they talons? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're feet. Let me yeah. Um, yeah, he's got regular-ass shoes, so... He's got regular hands, too. Yeah, yeah so maybe he's just significantly less bird. Yeah, could be. Yeah, even his, like, forearms are normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, could, that could very well be it. Because, like, um, we do know that Dog Head Man has, like, the senses of a dog as well. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, a Seal Man is able to, like, use echolocation and his body's super smooth so he can swim hella fast and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like... (laughs) Tsuyu thinks he's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just kind of, like, a give and take for how more or less animal you are in regards to the quirk. Um, I think Tsuyu, I guess due to having two frog quirks in her got the best of both instances where she appears significantly more human but has like every frog ability you'd imagine yeah. except for maybe like secreting poison she can crawl on walls which can frogs do that? yeah they got like the sticky feet oh yeah that's yeah, right they got suction cup fucking shit on their shit I just never think of frogs crawling up stuff, but I know mm-hmm. that they do. Well, they are able to, like, like I guess the smaller ones are able to, like, float around on leaves in the water. Yeah, yeah. That's not just placement. But, uh... Yeah, I guess, uh... I guess there's, there's probably just too much we don't know about quirks, too. Yeah, and there's, like, you know, this show's really... Deep. There's a lot. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm confident that uh, most, if not all, of our questions, all the questions we developed, will be answered in some form or another. Be it a direct explanation, an action taken, or something somebody else mentions. Yeah. 
Um, and like even in the manga, we're just kind of starting to know what quirks are. Like mm-hmm. people are just starting to kind of talk about the science. Yeah, and it still is like really vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, as much as I want season three to already be here, I also don't want them to rush it. They've been doing yeah. so good. I yeah. just want them to stay on this track. And and for that matter, like the more time they give the manga to get ahead, <laughs> yeah, the safer it'll be in general. The less you have to worry about things getting, <laughs> excuse me, getting weird or messed up. Yeah, and 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 for that matter, like even if you do want to pick up the manga, like that updates weekly, so it's a pretty good way to to kill the time between seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still don't. I don't know. I still just kind of want to watch the show, yeah. but. Do we know when it's probably going to be next year sometime, I'd assume? Probably. Um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty worth it. I mean, it has been so far to wait. Um, seems like it's come out in April. There's uh, there's really no way to lose here. No. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of... you guys have any theories about what's going to happen? I guess you already know what's going to happen because you've read the manga, but... Um, I think we're gonna get some more shit from One for All. I'm gonna, or All for One. I keep mixing them up. I do think we're gonna get an invasion. Like we're gonna get a second invasion from the League of Villains. Yeah, I kind of my theory that I kind of developed while I was watching that West episode. It might be wrong, but I, I still kind of feel like they're building towards. The like killing off all might mm-hmm. just because he's getting weaker and weaker, and is I kind of feel like how could you not eventually do that? It's it's an inevitability. I'm just hoping because it's gonna hurt me when it happens that it happens further down the line. Yeah, my my theory is that um, <sighs> Handboy will. Uh, you know, he'll start uh, organizing these these villains more, and that he'll eventually fill, figure out that All Might is getting weaker and weaker. And I I kind of feel like it might. You think be, he's going to do a night? He's going to pull a nightfall on him? Exactly. I, he's, I think he's going to pull a bane on him. He's going to wear him down with all these 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 dudes and just tire him out, and then kill him. Possibly. I'm hoping that this doesn't happen until after Deku graduates. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot that, I mean, on the graduating angle, like, I could very easily see this story going through, like, their entire school year and, like, have them just evolve. Like, I could very easily see it being a very long-running franchise. Yeah, well, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I want to see happen. It's something that I don't think happens enough. Um, where like, we'll see them during this year, and then we'll see them during the next year, and then eventually they'll graduate and eventually start to get older, and we'll start getting yeah stories of them being older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I know a lot of people who, myself included, think that this has the makings to be um, a long-running shonen for, for the next generation of like the the big three. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, I mean, the big three was 
It was, uh, for the longest time, it was uh, Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach. Yeah, and Bleach and Naruto are, are both over, for yeah. the most part. I mean, Naruto has the... Uh, has the sequel series. Yeah, but that's I don't think that's going to be as... How long did those run for? And were they good all the way through? Bleach uh, ended disappointingly, from what I understand. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, I heard, I mean, from what I know, Naruto got weird, but I don't know that it ever got super awful. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't know. You have to take, uh, feelings about Naruto for me with a grain of salt. Um, I heard, I heard it was all right. It seemed to me kind of like the people really, uh, singing its praises were Naruto fans, like dedicated Naruto fans more than just people saying this is good. Yeah, I, th- I think that Naruto had a lot of elements of... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that Naruto tried to be that My Hero is currently succeeding at being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's been a moment where I've watched this show and been like, oh, fuck, they're falling off. It's just been consistent every episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes there's filler, but it's still always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and it's... And they do something with moment. the filler. Yeah. yeah, there's never been a moment in the in the series so far, like manga included, where I've been like, you know, you have those moments where you're like, use your fucking power this way. <laughs> like, like, why aren't yeah. you doing it? Just do the move. Like, yeah. everything that's happened, like, there's they, they, it all feels like realistic scenarios. You know, where they realistically couldn't do anything more than they're doing. Yeah, yeah the and progression is believable. For the most part, I'm always surprised. I think there's been a couple times where I've been like, just a couple out of two seasons where I've been like, why don't they just do this? Um, mm-hmm. But it's usually like, oh, wow, I can't believe they did that. That was cool. Yeah, and like, like I was thinking when I was watching the last episode, like, I bet Deku could, like, like with with uh, One for All's surprising speed, like, maybe he could break out of Tomura's grasp and, like, flip him around and capture him, but it's so risky that I can understand why he wouldn't even try. Yeah, all he has to do is, like, tighten the grasp, and then him trying to run forward would just dissolve his neck quicker. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and for that matter, like... Or what if Tomoro actually, actually just let him go and turned on, like, a little kid? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of was in the back of my head... I, I would kind of let it go, but I was just like, well, why doesn't he just kill him now? Like, he's got him, but... I guess he, they did point out that there was a shit ton of heroes, and he'd be able to kill a lot of people, but he still wouldn't get away. Yeah, because yeah. Tomura, his whole goal is ultimately killing All Might. And yeah. Like, while he does tell Deku, like, if it comes to it, I will just, like, kill all these people and go to jail mm-hmm. um, to keep Deku in line, but um, the best case scenario for both of them is Tomura letting Deku go so Tomura can keep doing his plans. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that his goal is to kill All Might because I feel like it's usually the villain's goals seem like, oh, you know, that's not going to happen. But I feel like that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is um, there's a clear parallel between Tomura, not even just Tomura and Deku, but Tamura and the other students, and that Tamura is basically a student of villains. Yeah. That he's, yeah, he's, he's supposed to learn and grow alongside uh, 
this class, he's just like learning and growing to be the next one for all or all for one. Yeah, that's interesting too. I feel like I don't really see a lot of that happen. That's kind of what I hope the new Star Wars movie is is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Kylo Ren needs to. Like I feel like they can draw parallels between both of them because they'll both need training, mm-hmm. like Kylo and and Rey. But uh, yeah, I like how he's he's kind of I don't know. He he feels like a very dangerous threat, but also like like a student. I don't know. Yeah, he's he um, he's he's well, he's he's dangerous and definitely scary. But, you know, it's clear, much like how um, the difference between... Well, yeah, he's he has room to grow. He needs to... Like, he could be stopped by any of the, the, you know, heroes teaching at that academy. He's... Yeah. uh, yeah, He's he's under level, let's say that. Yeah, the only reason he wasn't stopped at the the USJ incident was because he had all those goons with him, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's scary. I mean, there's definitely like a naivety and a uh, inexperiencedness to him, mm-hmm. which is scary in the same way that like a child with like an AK-47 is. Yeah, they don't know what they're not, doing. It, yeah, it's not just like like y- you could have like a kid could have a grudge and have like the means to be dangerous, but it's extra scary because it's like they are wielding something they don't fully understand in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's a clear example of that. He can like literally destroy shit with the palm of his hand. And yeah, you don't want that in the hands of somebody that unstable. Yeah. And it's, it's also like, he's a clear mirror for, uh, for Deku in that they're both being mentored by someone with incredible power. Mm hmm. But in the opposite direction, they yeah. were also both wounded. Yeah, both wounded, severely both wounded. Yeah, it's almost you know you're having like it's almost you're having your your kids settle a grudge between. Yeah, you know, yeah. Cool. It, it kind of reminds me of um, Spider Girl from I think early two thousands, where she was kind of she's Peter Parker's daughter, but she's kind of dealing with like like. I think the grandson of Harry, or yeah, or something. Yeah. And I and I like that because it it almost feels like we're getting like a like All Might story. Like that stuff feels really like thought out. Like it feels like we're getting like like Spider Man story, but like fifty years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you jump into the future, and the one thing you know is that at some point there was this like world level battle between Spider Man and the Green Goblin, and we're kind of like building towards the knowledge of how that battle took place. Yeah. What I actually am really curious about is uh, all for one says like he's molding Shigaraki to be the next all for one. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if he plans like on giving on I, like it, I'm unclear on whether he if means he means to like him, like an underworld boss in the same way. Yeah, like are you like, going to be this? Trance. Yeah, like are you literally going to inherit his power? Well, yeah, those like are what he uses to make like the Nomus. Yeah, oh, like there was okay, a bunch of them. 
But um, I think yeah, it's kind of hard to tell whether he means like you're going to be this symbol of like evil and chaos that I was, or if you're literally going to inherit. He's literally going to give him, you know, all for one, or both. Yeah. If or he's going to give gonna... him all for one and have him be this symbol of chaos. Yeah, well, I thought that he might even be pulling a Lex Luthor and just straight put his brain in his body or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That if is that a possibility. Case, I, yeah, if that were the case, though, I don't think he would be mentoring Shigaraki that closely. Because he seems really invested in his development as a human. That's true. Um, so I, I do think that to an extent, given that All for, or All for One seems to be somewhat immortal, he might just be tired of living, but not of his ideals. Could be. So he might just be... Uh, well, I mean, he does uh, seem to be planning to do something since it seems like he's trying to regenerate himself. Yeah. Um, but what? We don't know. Yeah. Considering that All for One has the secondary ability of of giving others quirks, mm-hmm. I wonder if he could just use that to give All for One as a whole to someone else. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering, if he's kind of like, yeah, if he's grooming uh, Tamura to be able to not even necessarily handle the quirk, but kind of like use it properly. Yeah, or to be cunning enough that having it won't make him instant fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it seems like he's trying to like specifically... It, it's it's less like here's how you use your ability that he's trying to teach him, and more like okay, here's how you use these resources. Okay, you want to launch an attack. Uh, here's the means to collect soldiers. You know, it seems like what he's uh, grooming him for is more controlling things, like leadership being at the yeah. source of the chaos than raw combat ability. Yeah, it's definitely a level of, like, mentoring him to take his his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess whether or not that comes with giving him his powers is unknown. I think it does. Yeah, uh, probably. It creates a, a very clear mirror for Deku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see. Because I think the idea, like... I think it's a scary idea because we we definitely know that that uh, all or one for all can be transferred. That's kind of the point of it. Yeah. Um, to kind of be this this uh, you know growing dream to defeat the ultimate evil. Mm-hmm. But the idea that the ultimate evil can live on in the exact same way is kind of frightening. From a- well, though it also kind of reflects the uh, Japanese take on that struggle between good and evil. The idea that they're yeah. all they're both ultimately connected or interconnected. Yeah, and, and even to that end, like, both of those powers could equally be used for good or evil. Mm-hmm, that's true. Like, even though All for One has an ultimately more selfish spin, just in that it's taking powers from yeah. others, um, it's still a power that could be used for good, and just like a, uh, One for All could be used to, to great evil. Mm-hmm, that's true. So... Yeah, and um, I, I can't lie. Like every time they've uh, cut to uh, all for one, I've gotten like really uneasy. 
Yeah, he's he's pretty frightening. Yeah, it's just kind of there's a really dark mood associated with them, and I guess some of that had to do with uh, getting uh, with All Might giving you the backstory on how um, One for All was created, and the fact that <laughs> there were like seven attempts to take this guy down before All Might. Which is to say, this yeah. guy killed seven, seven heroes and God knows how many other people. Yeah, is that like? Because I assumed that other people had all for one before one for all. You mean? Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't get that. It was well. The point is, is that All Might is the one that succeeded in defeating this guy. And yeah. it seemed like the story implied that uh, everyone before him was trying to take him down. Yeah. Like, the power exists, or at least its current use exists for the purpose of taking one for all down. Or, I mean, all for one down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that that is like a, like, people who are, are near, you know, just one tier below All Might's power going back, like, each of those people failed. Yeah, I guess they may have not necessarily been killed, but they, yeah, at they the very did least not before succeed. They died, yeah, before they died, they were able to pass it on. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a frightening notion, like to know how badass this guy is. That yeah, he, how scary of a threat this guy is. I mean, and it kind of reflects in that um, the person that beat him has since become like a living deterrent for crime and heralded an age of peace. Like, yeah. if he's that big, how big was the thing he had to defeat to become that big? Yeah. And, and then on that note, like, how big is Deku going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, given that it gets stronger with each generation. Yeah, yeah. But um, before we get into recommendations, shout out to my boy Grape Juice. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good that one. was that I was pretty funny. That. Yeah, <laughs> with the grape rush. Yeah. Um, I do kind of like between him and Bakugo though, kind of getting different mindsets as to like what makes a hero great. Um, from the perspective of someone like Deku, it's clearly a hero is great because of like what they do and what they try to be. Whereas, um, it seems like from the case of, uh, Bakugo and Minata that, uh, heroes are heroes because they're fucking cool or badass or have a capacity that other people don't. Yeah. I think there's an innate human desire to want to be an ideal. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting just to see the very different motivations behind this. Yeah. Um, I'm just always going to find that kid hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's great. It's he's like the author's self insert basically too. Oh really? Just describe him as that. <laughs> he looks that's, that's pretty good. He's frightened of everything. <laughs> I mean he's he's a he's a walking collection of flaws. 
<laughs> he's yeah, tiny. He's, he's not very strong. He has a bizarre quirk. He's totally. He's like helplessly perverted. <laughs> he's yeah. scared of everything. And then like the dub went one up and gave him a lisp. <laughs> Yeah, he said goddamn smug, too, in the dub, especially. Oh, God, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, anything to recommend before we take, uh, I guess, an unwanted break from Hero Academia? Yeah. Um, I was, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this before, but Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. it's just like a really fun teenage superhero story. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't recommend that on previous episodes, or maybe I did, but... Well, I think it wasn't out for a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's this anime, basically, kind of. Well, yeah, if there was only one kid with superpowers. Yeah, but it's still a world of, of superheroes, but... Yeah, well, yeah. Super fun. God, it's such a fun movie. I can't I can't wait to watch it again, actually. I've seen it yeah. twice already. I, that, that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It does kind of have the same spirit of, you know, heroes are cool. I want to be a hero, too. Yeah, exactly. It kind of has that thing with Tony Stark, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple recommendations. Oh, by all means, recommend. Um, if you like the uh, the teaching, like s- school bonds sort of thing that this show does, I've mm-hmm. just watched. Um, I'm almost finished with a fascination classroom. Mm-hmm. And while I felt like it started. Somewhat unimpressively, um, there really are a lot of cool lessons about, like, you know, what it means to be like a teacher and a student, and and honing your skills in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also features, you know, uh, a seemingly unbeatable character who serves as a mentor, much in the same way that All Might is that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to different effect in both shows. But yeah, because the kids are trying to kill him in this case. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of very good uh, heartwarming school school moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other recommendation, which is also a school anime, is uh, uh, Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto? <laughs> I heard you guys were watching that. Yeah, we um, marathoned it. That was, uh, it's really good. It's really yeah. funny. A- another case of... Uh, you know, some heartwarming school elements. And uh, another case of people learning from someone who seems unbeatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that that's one of the, uh, the best anime I've seen in a while. Yeah, that was, was really good. I was, and I don't think there's going to be more, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah. It, 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 it was just kind of its own thing, and it was what it was, and it's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, yeah, Mike, you already recommended something. I actually thought of two. Uh, the first is, it's a tokusatsu series called uh, Kamen Rider Hibiki. Uh, Kamen Riders are basically Japanese superheroes. 
And um, Hibiki specifically, the emphasis in the series is on a sort of uh, apprentice uh, apprentice teacher relationship. Like, uh, you have these characters that are, they're called Oni, and they're basically these monsters who can utilize pure sound to destroy monsters that eat people. And you aren't, like, born in Oni. You kind of, like, develop the ability to become one, and you develop that ability by apprenticing Mm. under another Oni. Oh, that's cool. I like that a lot. It's it's a pretty good, it's a pretty it's a really good series up until about episode thirty, where there was a writing change, and mm-hmm. I guess feelings on this are going to vary, because the series was a lot more it was a lot simpler, a lot heartfelt, but not really plot intensive, whereas yeah. you get significantly more plot when the new writer takes over in episode 30, but you lose like 80% of the charm. Yeah. And actually get some kind of, some some negative quirks of that particular writer. What was it called? Kamen Rider Hibiki. Uh, is this an anime? No, it's a tokusatsu series. It's live action. It's a uh, tokusatsu, for those who don't know, it's the term the Japanese use for shows for, well, it means special effects, and it's uh, falls into a couple of categories, but primarily uh, shows like Power Rangers and films like Godzilla. Are there anime with with common writers? I would assume so. Um, Not as many as you'd think, but there are animes with uh, common writer type characters. The common writer is the falls into the Japanese archetype of a superhero, which is less a person with powers and more someone who transforms into something that can fight uh, whatever the enemy happens to be. They're usually monsters of some sort. Hmm. Okay! Yeah. Anything you guys want to say to the audience? Before I uh, go forth and hunt down, you know, eat me some evil, because James Raptor ass. is hungry. No, um, wait, is your ass evil? I'm saying that to the audience. Oh. Hey, uh, audience, uh, tell your friends. Uh, make this big so that I can rely on my older brother's uh, riches <laughs> later in life. <laughs> you know what? I'd like for this to get big so I can quit this job and stop going to school. Start banging groupies. <laughs> sure, but uh, being able to quit work and school is priority. <laughs> because I'm tired of doing this math. The math is too damn high. The math is too damn high. <laughs> Please check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. should be hyphen The preview theme slash promo theme 
is Anime Rocket. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash Project Stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio, on Twitter at radio, or through Android, iTunes, or Google Play. If you want to talk to the host individually, I'm on Twitter at Connect. Joe is on Twitter at MAGP Returns, and Mike is on Twitter at HyperNights. And it was happening in 27 as much as I liked it. Maki is fighting this mountain of a man with all 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo in him plus an extra. <laughs> and they keep cutting over to Mina failing to climb Trash Mountain.